Hi, everyone. Dr. B here again for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So today we're going to have a little fun. At least I'm going to have some fun. This is a topic that I don't get a chance to talk about very often. And we have Sari, who asks the question to thank for bringing it up. I came across this mysterious compound. Uh, that's all I'm going to say at this point, because I do want you to hear his question about 15 years ago. And it's been around for 7,000 years and it is ingrained in just embedded deeply in a lot of cultures, uh, mostly the Mediterranean equatorial cultures, because that's where this plant grows and it's still in use today. So, and it kind of brings up a lot of stuff that we can talk about, like the history of the toothbrush and what were we using before that? What were our ancestors using when it came to brushing teeth or regarding concerns of oral hygiene? It's a great question. So I'm going to let Sari ask his question. We'll get right into it. And then we'll we'll have fun talking about this and everything else that goes along with it. There are a lot of things that you may not have heard about that we were using before toothpaste and toothbrushes. And again, that's an invention of the early 1900s uh, around World War One. So we've been using this substance way longer then we have toothpaste and toothbrushes and floss and all that. So anyway, here's Sari. Hey, doctor. Thanks for uh, allowing us to send you some questions. I'd like to ask if you've heard of miswak, which is a tree branch uh, originating in East Asia that is used for oral health for a long time. It is said to have properties that are good for the gum and plaque and bacteria as well as helping whiten the teeth. Do you know anything about it? And do you have an opinion on it? Thank you. Sari, great, great question. Never been asked that. I do recognize it. I was doing some research back when I was a young dentist. Uh, I was invited to go to Nigeria, twice actually, in central Nigeria, on the high savanna outside of Jos in a very small village. And... Subsequently, I was asked to see the local dentist and, and help provide services with him for the local population. And, and boy, did I learn a lot. And I bring that up because they, as I found out later, were not chewing on miswak. Miswak is a chew stick. I think it's, it's an Arabic word for toothbrush or, or actually chewing stick, if I remember correctly. And, but it's not, it's not just part of Islamic culture. There are lots of countries uh, along this latitude, India, Pakistan, Iraq, Iran, Central Africa, that use this product. And in fact, it's still in use today, the chewing stick. Again, for religious and cultural factors that influence the popularity of chewing sticks, certainly, but also because it's available, it's inexpensive. And we all assume a toothbrush is available, first of all, and affordable, with toothpaste and floss and all that, that's not always the case. So, so yes, I have heard of it. I'm not going to say that it's bad for you. There are a lot of things in there that make sense. This compound, by the way, is called Salvadora Persica. That's the substance that is in the miswak tree in the bark. And if used naturally, there are studies. And again, these studies are not in the US. No one in the US has ever heard of it. They wouldn't even think of studying this. These studies are from Saudi Arabia and, and India, just like the tea tree oil studies are as well, mostly from India. And that's an old Ayurvedic ingredient that's been around for a long time. So 
the studies show that populations or the subjects that chew on the chewing stick, the miswok, as opposed to people that brush, the subjects that brush in the study, the results are virtually the same. Both work very, very well. Chewing on a stick, first of all, is like chewing on gum. It produces a lot of saliva, which can buffer the acids after a meal. But remember, these studies are done in countries where essentially the diet is much better. It's closer to what our ancestors were eating, where here in America, where our diet is so different from what our ancestors were eating. So we have a higher decay rate, we have higher oral health issues because uh, we've really messed with our oral microbiome, despite the use of modern toothbrushes and toothpaste and all that. I mean, that's another story. We've, we've gotten that all wrong. We've been fighting an infection in the mouth and cleaning our mouths out with soap and detergents and chemicals to try and rectify that. Well, it's, it's more about the diet. So the studies in those countries are great. I mean, they, they show that chewing bark from the miswok tree is effective. And I'm not going to deny that. It's, it's not a bad thing. In fact, if I were out there and I knew that there was miswok available, I would trim the edge of a branch and I would chew on it. It would work well for me. I think it would be effective. But what if a large corporation gets wind of this and they've done this with tea tree oil and other compounds and they've concentrated it or they've synthesized it and they put it into toothpaste? That's a different story altogether. And I'm not sure if it is available in oral modern biofilm management products like toothpaste and floss and toothbrush bristles and all that. I I don't know if it's available there, but I would be very wary if that was the case. That's what happened to tea tree oil. It really doesn't work in toothpaste. It's really about the action of chewing on a stick. And then there is some bactericidal action of the Salvador persica. So I'm good with it. I do not think it whitens teeth. If anything, it may stain a little bit. A lot of these products do, but I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. Does it stabilize the oral microbiome? Chewing on a stick like that, I don't think can harm the biome, and I don't think it's that antibacterial. But when you start concentrating these things like toothpaste manufacturers do with essential oils, be very wary. Then things kind of go awry, and the kill rates and the, the hit that the oral microbiome takes becomes an issue. So, so I'm not against it. I think everyone should experience a chew stick. Uh, back to my story in Nigeria the funny thing there was that the chew stick wasn't working. There was a lot of decay in this village. And again, I was at almost, I think it was 7,000 feet and it was a savanna, central Nigeria, just south of the Sahara, the great Sahara desert. Fascinating experience. And it turns out, I asked a lot of questions, did a lot of detective work and tried to find out what it was. It wasn't their diet. I mean, they were eating a lot of fermented foods and whole foods There was no signs of candy bars or breads or Western-type processed foods, crackers, for example. So finally, I I narrowed it down potentially to their chew stick, and I chewed on it. It tasted very sweet. And so I sent it up to Denmark to have it analyzed. And it turns out that the plant they were chewing on was a plant that was very very closely related to the sugarcane plant. And I think in hindsight now, the the miswok couldn't grow at 7,000 feet. I don't know that for a fact, but I suspected that. So, so anyway, so be careful what you chew on is the moral to that story. And miswok is great. If you see it in a modern product, please point it out to me. I'd, I'd love to see it and test it and know more about it. But anyway, again, back what our ancestors did, they really had it right. 
If you look at the skeletal record, you know, the anthropology side of things, and you look at their skulls, you will be very, very impressed. Incredible facial development, no crowding, no need for orthodontics. They did have tartar and calculus, but it didn't seem to bug them like it does us. And they had very high gum heights. They had very little bone loss. And it was very uncommon for it to, to see a cavity in any of those skulls. So, so again, what they were doing, what they were eating, what they were chewing, what they were using for a toothbrush, it worked. And you can't say that about modern society. I know many, many people that are brushing and flossing, and they're excellent at doing that. They have great oral hygiene habits, and they still have gum disease. They get cavities. And again, something went wrong about five, six, eight hundred years ago, even before that. It depends on to what degree that harm was, and it's modern society. So don't discount the old stuff. It works. Just be careful of it when it's being used in a modern product and, and being advertised as a, a fix-all for everything, and it will not solve oral health issues once you have them, but it could very well prevent it as long as you have a good diet. So, so sorry, I hope that answers that question. Uh, kind of cool and fun talking about these things out of our past. I really do feel that we learn a lot if we really listen to and learn from our ancestors, and this is a perfect example. So I hope you had as much fun as I did with that question. Thanks, Sari. Pretty cool stuff. And it, if it's it been in use for that long, there's probably something to be said for that. That's what I always say about old wives' tales. Something may have been lost in the translation, but there is some basis to it. In other words, you know, it started off as a fact, and then over time it got watered down a little bit. For example, the old wives' tale that when a mom has a baby, the baby sucks out all the calcium of their teeth and they tend to get a lot of cavities. And it doesn't quite work that way, but there's some basis for that. Uh, decay is a very common issue. Uh, tooth decay is a very common issue during pregnancy So, and bleeding gums and all that. So anyway, great stuff. Thanks for asking that question. If you have questions like that, it doesn't matter what it's about. It can be tree bark. It can be why do we get gum disease? Anything. I love it all. Thanks for asking. Thanks for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. When it comes to ingredients in toothpaste, let me just add this. There's only one that I recommend. It's hydroxyapatite. That's all I'm going to say. I've said a lot on it. I have written about it in the website and uh, I've discussed it on podcasts. It's an important ingredient. It's safe and it's become available in the U.S. So nothing against tree barks or anything that our ancestors we're using, but unfortunately, we need something stronger, something very concentrated that works because of our diet. Anyway, if you have any questions, speak up. Go to speakpipe.com slash askthedentist. I would love to hear them. I try and get to every single one. And if you have any further questions, you want to do more research, go to askthedentist.com. That's our website. It's been out for about 10 years. Some call it one of the leading authorities on oral health. I'm serious. I'm very proud of it. I recommend you go there. And, and if you want me to blog about something, let me know. My email is on that website. You can contact me directly. So I really appreciate you listening and I will see you at the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.